and welcome to Techno Babble, episode 20. We're, uh, we're running a little late, but it's good. We are still making the episodes. We haven't forgot about it. It just, you know, life, little exams. hiccups. That's all it is, yep. is, is exams. <laughs> but we're good. Those exams are done, right? Yes. Now, does that mean just for this uh, summer, or are you done with the school period? Uh, probably just for the summer. We'll see. Okay, so I am Mike. Joining me is my buddy, Rich. How you doing? And this is episode 20, the big two zero. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> You're so ridiculous. Looks Celebrate like when we, we get to 100. It. <laughs> we actually made it to like an even... Double. Uh, even like... Yeah. Yeah, we finally did it. Twice more Hopefully than I we'll thought we were going to have in the beginning. <laughs> uh yeah and well we are we're just so happy rich is now a free man at least for the summer so that should be uh good for us right yeah. good for the babylon hopefully and uh boy we got some uh stuff for you our so rich you do a lot of stuff around uh the house i've tried it doesn't work out very well are you sure that you're just not using the right tools? Uh, well, I mean, I don't think so. Um, I I tend to, to look, you know, research things, so I, I, I think I'm using the right tools. But are you sure you're getting the most accurate measurements? Are you still using, like, a, a, a physical tape measure or one of those laser tape measures? Uh, I have a physical one, and I used to own a, a laser one that was pretty cool. You used to, so why do you not have it anymore? I left it at my job. <laughs> I was expecting something like it just didn't meet my expectations. But no, it's like I'm I'm just a dumb dumb. No, no, it was amazing. I left it at my job and, and then I didn't work <laughs> at that job anymore. You, you know, usually severance pay is when you leave with something, not you forget something. Yeah, no. They're not the ones that benefit. <laughs> Uh, well, you can cast aside your laser tape measures and your physical tape measures because now there's a device by, by 3D Technologies in the United Kingdom called the Mosher One. Don't the measure, first. just Mosher. Indeed. <laughs> it is, it was on Indiegogo. It got 383% of its funding on April 20th. Of this year, 2018. Uh, and on 4.20. <laughs> this is a powerful tape measure that fits in the palm of your hand with powerful motion sensors. Propel one, propel Mosier one to a level of accuracy and versatility that cannot be beaten by lasers, AR, GPS, or camera-based apps. And that's because it's using all of them, right? Indeed. Like, it's basically, like, from what I read, it, it uses literally every, basically all, like, it'll use its GPS, your accelerometers, its gyroscopes, the rotation of the phone. Like, it'll use basically every sensor the phone has to track where it is in a 3D space and use your points, like, your little clicks of where um, the different uh, points that you want to measure to and from are to create... Um, 
different measurements, right? Like that's actually really cool. It's like a yeah, lot of accelerometers, math. Accelerometers. A lot of math. Gyros. <laughs> and magnum- magnetometers. Did you like? Did you even know magnetometers exist? Uh, I feel like that's only in newer phones. I don't think my phone has that. <laughs> well, this does. So good luck thinking. Oh, I could just put this on an app. But wait, they do have just an app. They've see. This is what's confusing to me. Is is so? So Mike and I share share uh, notes, right? Obviously, we we have notes, and so that we can go to these websites and look at these products, and we put some of them in in the notes for you guys. But like. These people have two different products almost, and um, it's confusing, right, Mike? It's a little confusing as to what's going on. Uh, <laughs> yes, considering this is the second like, time we've tried to yeah break the fourth wall here, like this is very confusing, people. Yeah, well, you yeah, you want to air the dirty laundry? We fucked up completely because we were just confused at what we were looking at. But one of these things is definitely not like the other. not an app. <laughs> one of these things is definitely not an app. But apparently, if you want the cheap, shitty version of it. You can get an app. I think you could probably like I, I it would definitely be more accurate with the uh, with this device that they have. Um, I'm sure that probably has some extra sensors in it, like that magnetometer, whatever the heck you just said. So it's probably going to be more accurate. So maybe something like that uh, with that extra piece, you'd be able to use this on a job site after it's been tested, obviously by different. Um, you know, commissions, councils, whatever approval it needs to get. Um, whereas, like, just an app, I don't think that the, you would be able to use that as a uh, a contractor or as somebody in the trades. I don't think you'd be able to use that on a day to day basis. The app would definitely be more for at home use. Although I can definitely say that if I could buy an app where I could just walk around my my room that I wanted to measure and get the volume and the height and whatever, and just click my phone a bunch of times, I would pay a buck 99 or two 99 for that for sure. Yeah. Imagine that you want to fit an air conditioning in your window, but like for like you would have to get like a piece of plastic or something. Like Although, most blinds. you know what though? Or fuck my situation completely. Sorry. I was just about to say, you you totally just made me think of of something that the they may have not considered. So when it comes to accuracy with the app itself, um, you would have to put in what type of phone you have because of how thick the phone is and how wide it is, and you know what I mean. So that's going to affect your measurements when it comes down to the math, right? Because all right. phones are a little different. You know what I mean? Like a Pixel 2 XL is going to be a lot thinner than, I don't know, like a, a Moto E or an iPhone, I don't know, 5 S. Or if you got like a big phablet in your hand. Yeah, or like whatever, right? Like it's, it, like, yeah. so it, that's that's going to have to take into it. But the singular device has its own specs yes, in mind. That singular device would definitely be better. How much is it, Mike? What are they asking for for uh, the Indiegogo? On the Indiegogo, if you uh, if you if you got it in time, you would have got one for a hundred and sixty nine US. Oh, so it's all done now. Yep. The, oh, it was uh, fully the funded on on the twentieth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I said. Yeah. So, <laughs> I thought you meant that's when it started. My bad. The items included are the Mosier one and a USB cord. With estimated delivery around December, so it looks like now that they've got the funding done, now they're going to go into the mass production phase. You're hoping. And if you got the early bird special, then you got $275 US, which is a 44% off. 
And then, uh, you know, I assume that they already are contractor approved because there is a bundle that you can get, which is 10 units at 44% off. So only 1,379 US. Wow. And that's pretty expensive right now in Canada. Did you back this yourself, Mike? No. So my issue with something like this is with Indiegogo and Kickstarter, um, there's notorious uh, situations where products just don't come to light you know what i mean so it's very like it's so tempting to back some of these things they're so they're really cool you know if you go around on these different sites but to actually back one and then you like you yourself have experience with this don't you mike i I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) i am i am i am enjoying my laser razor that i ordered uh Two, three years ago, <laughs> the the future is in the palm of my hand. I'm totally enjoying this bladeless razor thing, and that's why I have a subscription to Harry's Razors because comic book or something? I, I I just love receiving these ra- these razors that I don't need because I've got my laser razor in my hand. Wasn't there another one that you backed too that didn't fully pan out? I thought there was another one too. <laughs> it was like a game or a comic or something, wasn't it? Uh, well, I backed Mighty Number no. Nine, and that sucked. But you know, they still came out with it. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I don't know. That's that's pretty interesting. That's for oh, sure. I also backed up that uh, that bio that like uh, that bio meat reactor thing, which is supposed to like grow animal free meat. Animal free meat. It's. Um, I think it's on. It's called Super Meat. Yeah. Okay. That I'm down with that animal free meat. I'm totally yeah. down with that. And think about it; it'll also be fat-free because the and uh, the animals won't be loaded with uh, antibiotics because you know it's not exposed to anything that's going to get it sick. That's true. That would be pretty cool. Almost as cool as Terminator, but not quite because nothing's as cool as Terminator, right? Well, how about real-life Terminators? What do you what the what do you mean? <laughs> well, <laughs> it turns out researchers. In the University of Sussex and Swansea University have applied electrical charges that manipulate liquid metals into 2D shapes, such as letters and a heart. The team says the findings represent an extremely promising new class of materials that can be programmed to seamlessly change shape. Uh. This opens up new possibilities in soft robotics and shape-changing displays. I gotta say, which means I, I gotta say real quick, man. I, I don't know if I trust these guys already. Scientists from places are always trying to tell me things, and I don't, I don't, I don't trust people in places trying to tell me things. Uh, yeah, especially about shit like how magnets work. <laughs> Fuck those guys. This is crazy, man. Keep going, sorry. Yeah. So, which means that we have shape-changing metal, which means we are on the precipice of making T one thousands. Yes. And also, nice. Precipice. Good word use. Somebody's been reading their dictionary. (laughs) And uh, Yutaka Tokuda, the research associate that's working on this project at the University of Sussex, has said this is a new class of programmable materials in a liquid metal state which can dynamically transform from a single droplet shape to many other complex geometry in a controllable manner. Now, it's only in the early stages, but the compelling evidence of detailed 2D control of liquid metals has excited them to explore more potential applications in computer graphics, smart electronics, soft robotics, and flexible displays. 
Remember we talked about how, you know, like having a phone that has some degree of bend, but, you know, you, you can't bend everything. Like, you can maybe, like, soften the, the, the plastic frame of a phone so it can bend by giving it, like, a bit of a rubber thing and maybe they have like some soft screens that can bend but there's still the internal circuit boards and the soldering okay like so that, that's that's pretty stationary so now with this you can get flexible stuff so we can get like a nice roll up the the roll up phone which nobody is asking for it will uh, apparently be a reality someday i'm having a little bit of an issue with this right now because i'm watching this video um, which is them using their motion control interface and algorithms to enable people to easily draw complex shapes such as a heart or uh, anything else, basically um, using the liquid metal. So I, what is the time? I want to know, is this is this stuff still hot? Because that's the first thing. Does it need to be kept at a certain temperature? And... Like, can it be just room temperature and still be liquid? And also... If you're dealing with mercury. Oh, that's true. Okay, but the other thing is, is all they're using is magnets, right? So, I mean, like, you can do that with anything. It's not being controlled from the inside like a T-1000. So, like, that title really was... That was misleading. I'm, 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 I'm just... That was, that, was, that was hard, man. That was hard. It has to begin somewhere. It's it's like it that like that that was almost as bad as like X Men: The Last Stand, and I was just like, no, that was not a stand. That was more like a, a final sit. <laughs> yeah, because what's Magneto doing in the end of that movie? He's sitting at the park. He's not standing. <laughs> so fuck that movie. Yeah, exactly. And and fuck yeah, this, because, liquid, cause, this liquid this uh, liquid metal until it actually can become a robot well you know like they're using this right now but i guess they have to teach the metal once they teach the metal how to shape then i guess afterwards then they can like get it to memorize shit that'd be a certainly um a faster way of producing uh different factory items you know what i mean like um like having the metal automatically take the shapes of different um, products that you're forming on an assembly line, um, say like a Tesla factory or something, right? Like yeah, you could change your molds exactly. very easily with the. Uh, it's almost like you could clone updates. it. You could like clone them almost, right? Oh shit! I mean, like you're you're, you're talking about cloning cars. I don't think that's possible. Oh wait, they're cloning cars. They're working on a Tesla clone. Which is which? Thank you, thank you for your uh, your segues. By the way, they're like this is why I'm on point this is why tonight. Our po- <laughs> this is why our podcast is leveling up. <laughs> Once we decided to start sharing notes, we really started uh, our segues have really leveled up. <laughs> and so, a company called EV is making a Tesla clone, working with a massive $2.7 billion deal with Alibaba and Foxconn. And who are Alibaba and Foxconn, for those that don't know? Well, if you want something cheap made in China and uh, you don't mind waiting four months for it to arrive on a boat, then you've already been shopping at Alibaba.com, which is the Amazon of, well, well basically China. You know, they're like Amazon and Google combined, I feel like, because don't they own like all the search engines too in China? And like, they also own a bunch of other things from what I understand. 
Like they've got like all sorts of different companies. Yeah, they got a lot of shit going on. Yeah, but most people, when you say Alibaba, you're thinking of the 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 e-commerce site where you purchase goods and I guess possibly services, but definitely goods. Although <laughs> a lot of lemons in those goods. Yeah, well, you know, you're basically like from what I've seen, you're buying like Chinese factory outlet mistakes. Yeah, exactly. And that's why they're cheap. So hopefully, this two point seven billion dollar um, investment round isn't going to be a mistake. The, the the car looks very interesting, or the vehicle, I should say. That's for sure. It does. It looks a little. It looks a little high off the ground. Yes. For my sake, I would say it looks. It's it's very much jeepish, in that sense. Um, I get a little bit of a jeep feel from it. Maybe a little bit of Acura, as well as obviously just a hint of Tesla. But I'd say there's a fair bit of uh, of Acura in there as well, or Lexus maybe. Yeah, and it's called. I'm just saying this Xiaopeng because of all of the Avengers movies I've been seeing lately. Motors. <laughs> Xiaoping Zhao Zhao Motors. What? Xiaoping Motors. Xiaoping, oh, yes. Xiao. That's very interesting. Yeah, and it's a uh, it's working on a financing round, which uh, I've never heard of that. In, it's an investment in terms. round. Yeah, like a round. Like, like you heard you, that term the, your first or second round of investment when you're going to your big backers and you're going to get a lot of money from okay. a bunch of people to start. And then right before you're ready, maybe you need another round of investment to just make sure that you so, have enough sort of thing. Elon Musk has made his uh, Hyperloop open source so that other uh, companies around the world can work on their uh, faster, like their vacuum space. Mm-hmm. monorails yep but uh did he open source the tesla as well i'm not entirely sure but i can tell you that this interior looks pretty close <laughs> especially that screen oh fuck i could have just read the third part of the paragraph it says henry Ja, who found who founded this startup in 2014 admitted openly he was influenced by tesla and by the automaker's announcement that they were open sourcing all their patents or, uh, well, yeah, they're all, they're patents, and it doesn't say like a, a specific amount of patents. So it looks like Tesla's open sourcing everything. This guy just wants to change the world, and if you can do it on a better budget than him, go ahead and try. That's no exactly, and apparently they aren't uh, the only company that's been raising um, insane amount of money for. Uh, EV production in China. There's also companies like uh, WM Motor and NIO as well that have been trying to bring more electric vehicle production into uh, China. So this is really, really cool. And um, getting, you know, more electric cars in the world is amazing. I I actually really hope that someday they're able to ship uh, some of these cars to Canada, like just in general, some of the cars from around the world, obviously, I'd like any of the cars, you know, like there's, I was just in Europe recently and seeing the different cars that they have there is pretty, pretty damn amazing. But, uh, especially okay, so you, getting a Chinese electric much? car, like how much is this? Does they say how much it is? How much they're going for? Probably not, eh? Uh, I think they want to make the cars first and yeah, then they'll talk about price early. points. But, but if you look at their, uh, their user interfaces, you see them compared to a Tesla and, uh, yeah, pretty much the same. Yeah, exactly. It's very, and then you see their instrument cluster and that's also pretty much the same. Although theirs, I think, no. Yeah. Tesla's looks like, uh, more complicated. 
Yeah, and but yeah, they also look like um, uh, what's that? Uh, those goggles from uh, oh, basically Oculus? any sci-fi movie. Yeah, like any sci-fi movie where people are like looking at through goggles. Ready Player One. This is what they look like. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, what about Tesla's battery pack? What do you know about that? Because this one goes 300 kilometers or 186 miles on a single charge. That's pretty good. Um, the I'd say probably in 2018, the average um, the average electric car gets somewhere around 150 to 200 miles. So that's right in that sweet spot. I would say that's uh, that's actually really good. And uh, they're also working with Foxconn. So I that's like, it'll that, have that an that iPhone me. built into it. Well, that troubles me because if this is made by the same people that make your iPhones, then this being a a cheap, affordable alternative has just gone out the fucking window. <laughs> well, let's hope not. And you know what is actually pretty interesting that a lot of people don't know actually about because obviously um you know electric vehicles are becoming a, a bigger and a bigger thing these days but uh if if you wanted to buy a new electric vehicle in canada and even some of the states they actually have uh rebates that you can get uh incentive programs and not a lot of people actually know about them mike i remember i was just talking to you earlier about it and you had no idea what uh what you could actually get and and how it worked right yeah well i was like i was thinking if i ever do get a car which you know may be an eventuality if this uh you know if this podcasting business that i'm trying to do ever takes off and i can secure some form of wheels it would be nice if i could do something that has a uh, little environmental impact as possible yeah and that i would uh, contribute less to the uh fossil fuels and garbage that's going into the sky exactly and that's like uh i've been researching a lot actually on cars uh electric cars recently thinking about uh you know our next vehicle in a, in a few years and um you can actually get upwards of fourteen thousand dollars off the cost of your vehicle and they take it off right right at the purchase point like right at the dealership they just knock fourteen thousand dollars off you're not waiting for uh you know to for it to come back off of your taxes or something like that they just basically take 14 or upwards of fourteen thousand dollars right off so for instance so the new, if you get a, a thirty-five thousand tesla like well how much well, is the, it first of all the tesla is thirty-five thousand quote unquote thirty-five thousand dollars american so it's actually going to be around forty-three thousand dollars i believe give or take canadian um so then basically you'd be looking at like what you know 20? basically 30 grand you know what I mean? And that's before any upgrades, you know what I mean? And apparently most people, like the the, the bare minimum uh, Tesla Model 3 isn't uh, all that great. So, But if you're going to be buying, say, a Nissan Leaf, which, you know, starts in, I think it's the mid-30s. So like thirty-two, thirty-four $34,000 or something like that. Uh, you can get $14,000 back for that. For the new Smart 4.2 electric cars, which are the two-seaters, you can get 11000 Tesla Model 3 is 14000 but only with the 75-kilowatt battery, long-range, rear-wheel drive 2018 model. Uh, the Prius, strangely enough, 
every single one of them, the plug-in, the Prime, and a different version of the Prime, all only get $5,000. So, and there's all sorts of different, uh, I'll include a, a list or a, a link here in our notes if, if anybody out there wants to check this out but it's it's pretty cool that you can actually get a lot of money back and i know uh anybody listening in california knows all about that because they kind of led the way right so which one would be the better deal then to uh get like the best car for the best savings well i mean that all depends on if you're buying you know new or used or uh what you, what your needs are and and i i think uh i'll get in, into that a little bit more uh in one of our next segments but uh what uh i'm, I'm feeling a little down right now um thinking about things that i can't own yet so I, I need you to bring me back up i need a little lift buddy oh are you asking for some good news good news everyone yes all righty well <laughs> You know, you had, uh, have you ever met people that uh, have had strokes or difficulty speaking? Uh, Yes, definitely. Now, you use the voice control on your phone often, right? You mean like my Google Assistant? Yeah, like to make uh, calls or, uh, well, if you you can also connect them to uh, your thermostat and also tell it to like raise the heat, right? Yes, and change the um, colors of my lights, turn them on or off, turn on and off my crock pot or my coffee pot, um, you know, all sorts of stuff. Well, unfortunately, if you have speech difficulties, like people I've mentioned, like people with either Down syndrome or uh, strokes, stuff like that, these conveniences escape them, sadly. But not anymore. As, uh, like, voice controls are changing how we interface with things. So speech recognition, voice controls are being added to medical devices and business applications, even vehicles and robotics. You'll be able to tell your car with your voice where you want to go. You won't even have to, like, type in your GPS shit anymore. We'll just say it and it'll, uh, it'll go if it understands you. Or, you know what? Forget all these debilitations I've talked about before. What if you just have, like, a really bad accent? It's true. That that happens to a lot of people. Like, say you want to drive, like, a Chinese car with an AI, but because you keep talking with your Amer- with your Canadian accent and your Chinese is terrible, or, you know, vice, you know, vice versa, their accent is just so thick... You need a machete to cut through it, and this machine's just like, are you speaking to me? So, a guy in Tel Aviv has made a startup called Voiceit, and it's raised $2 million in seed funding to translate into clear word speech that is not easily intelligible. Hmm. He's a graduate of the Dreamit Health... Yeah, the startup is a graduate of the Dreamit Health Accelerator. So investors in Voiced Seed Round include Amit Technion, Dream Adventures, Quake Capital, Buffalo Angels, 1000 Angels, and other angels, or I guess they're like, uh, you know, positive thinking investors. So here's how Voiced works. Users fire up the company's app, then it asks them to compose and read short useful sentences out loud like I'm thirsty or turn off the lights. The software records and begins to learn their speakers 
particular pronunciation. And caregivers can type phrases into the app if the user is not able to do so. And after a brief training period, this will turn the user statements into normalized speech, which it outputs in the form of audio or text messages instantly. So voice-controlled apps will understand this newly generated audio and written messages. But it can also be used to help people with speech impediments communicate face-to-face -face with other people. So say someone is, like they can't talk much because their jaw's paralyzed or they've, uh, you know, they're going through something and they're like, ah, blah, blah. and you're like, what the hell does that mean? Then the that machine was terrible, like, dude. Well, I don't then the machine's like one me. coffee please oh my gosh you're so bad See, <laughs> look this is positivity okay I can't be ableist if I'm speaking on these people's behalf <laughs> just because I'm like doing a poor a poorly done impersonation of one type of deb debilitation I mean we're trying to keep this under an hour so I'm not going to be like trying to go through every single thing Anyway, this guy said he came up with the idea for Voice It after his grandmother suffered from a stroke. And he says, I realized how we took for granted the way we communicate by speaking. Losing this is really terrible, one of the hardest aspects of stroke recovery. So I began to talk with speech therapists and occupational therapists and learn everything I could about the problem and where, whether there was a market in need. Now, an early version of Voice It will be available at some point in 2018. But the app is in beta tests now, and the pilot customers are hospitals and schools and the people there who have speech differences because of health conditions like cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, Parkinson's, traumatic brain injuries, and strokes. Yeah, as long as you're and, an iPhone user, probably. <laughs> well, it says in the long term, he says this can be a really this can be an accessibility extension to speech recognition for anyone. Google, Amazon, Apple, IBM, or Microsoft says we'd love to we'd love to function like a major OEM and work with all the major platforms. So this guy doesn't want to make it exclusive to anything. He wants everyone to have this. And I'd have to say that is some pretty good news. That is. Um and good news is always uh good news. Indeed. Good good news is always great good news. There's only a few people out there who are going to get that. <laughs> so please comment sure you, if you if you got that, or if you're worried about walking into a dark room and getting eaten by a gnu. Do you gnu? No. Okay. Well, here is a little something to consider. So as I said earlier um, to Mike, um, I've been I've been contemplating a lot about. Uh, getting a an electric car and um my my carbon footprint on the on the planet and i know that having an electric car isn't the be all end all best way because you know there's still the worry of where is that electricity coming from because uh, although you're not going to the pump to get gas there's still the fact that more than likely especially if you're living in a lot of the uh states areas a lot of your power and just in the, the world in general, uh, comes from coal or other non-green energy sources, as it were. So that's that's that. But I mean, it still takes less of an impact on the world than, um, you know, 
having a gas car. And on top of that, you're going to save a lot of money uh, not having to pay. What what are we up to now? Like a dollar. We were up to a dollar thirty six here in Ontario or in Ottawa uh, yesterday. And I know in B.C. they're upwards of like a dollar sixty, a dollar seventy right now. So buying a specifically used car is actually really, really cheap right now. And Mike, you were talking earlier uh, about, you know, when it would come time for you. And for someone like you, who's just basically going to be what, maybe, you know, going to and from work, getting a couple errands done, going out for a movie night, you know, just basically traveling around. I was looking at uh, getting something as a commuter uh, before I realized it would probably be better to get a, a full size car. But for something like a commuter car, you could get a uh, used smart electric car, which seats two people, but you can go upwards of 120 kilometers and you can get them as cheap as $6,000 oh, Canadian, shit. like six to $7,000 if you find a good deal. Now that's not including taxes. So, you know, a little bit more than that, but you know, your payments on a six to $7,000 car can be pretty low if you make the payments over say three years. And then on top of that, now you're only paying say three dollars or two dollars to fill it up and go a hundred and some odd kilometers if that especially if you're charging overnight and on top of that there's free charging stations all around the city you know you can get a nissan leaf which is a five passenger car i'm talking about the generation one so 2011 through 2017 um although the originals uh is more what i'm talking about so i guess 2011 to 2013 maybe 14 at the most but you can get a good nissan leaf for around seven to eight thousand dollars and up and you can get that those go around 130 to 150 kilometers i think uh depending on which battery you have and also obviously how you drive the car um, but to be able to get that amount of range and not really have to pay a whole heck of a lot of, for it is pretty amazing. Um, there was a video I was watching of a guy out in Calgary, Mike. So he had a Nissan Leaf over a six-year period. He drove that car 84, no, 87,000 kilometers. That's a lot. Wow. 87,000 kilometers in six years. That's not a lot, I guess, in six years. But just in general, that's a lot of kilometers, right? So how much maintenance do you think he had to do on his car in, in that amount of time? He, he kept track of everything, by the way. He put out his uh, Excel word sheet, like, right on the web. Huh. Well, uh, I can't imagine, what, since there's not... Uh... Well, does it have like the engine in the wheels, or is it like a big engine? In well, the, it's uh, it's just the, an electric electric motors, right? But those you don't need oil, you don't need regular maintenance on them, right? So, so I imagine and it's not a lot because of the fact that it's also got regenerative braking, which all hybrids for the most part do, um, and you always have to do less brake work on a car like that. He spent a total of seven hundred and ninety eight dollars over six years. And that was because Shit. he had to buy new tires. <laughs> like he went in once and he said he got a 200 or $250 uh, checkup on it after the first two years to make sure that the battery and everything was, was still running good. Uh, and, and that was it. So knowing that he's now paid $798 over the course of six years and he's driven 87,000 kilometers, how much do you think it cost him in quote unquote fuel 
to go 87,000 kilometers. Well, didn't you say it was an electric car? So yes, that's why I'm zero? saying quote unquote fuel. <laughs> so zero? So Well, no, but how much, how much in electricity? Like how much did the electricity cost him to go that far? Well, aren't these charging stations free? Well, no, because you, you're not just going to charge it only at charging stations. You're going to have to obviously charge it at your house when you get uh, home, you know, so, like plug it in when you get home. So, yeah, imagine, well, if he has a device that would, uh, that he could isolate on that cord so that he doesn't, unless he did like all the math of his monthly bill and then did that. But, uh, hmm, I don't know what the dry, what the drain on that would be. I had, imagine it would be pretty big. $800 over six years? Over six years to go 87,000 kilometers. I spend like a few hundred dollars a month to go like a thousand kilometers. Like So what you're saying is we would actually save more money if we both just bought electric cars today. Yes. And on top of that, um, so currently right now I'm actually driving a uh, 2017 Honda Fit. And it gets pretty darn good gas mileage. Like, I got to say, like, for a non-hybrid car, like, it gets pretty good gas mileage. It's not great. I've owned Priuses before. They're the best. You know what I mean? But you're not going to get up up to that. And uh, even with, with my Fit, like, it still doesn't get that great. But the insurance would actually go down if I got um, a Nissan Leaf or a smart electric car. And I've been in a not at fault accident within the past like five years or so. So, you know, like if it's going to go down for me, so I'm saving money like all around. And on top of that, there's new legislation coming into um, Ottawa for sure. Although I believe it's Ontario uh, this month that basically states that uh, condo buildings as well as um, like condo uh, and townhomes and stuff like that now are required to offer or install and or install electric vehicle charging stations for the residents meaning that people who live in condos high rises or townhomes can now have electric cars or plug-in hybrids as well which is actually really shitty because i would have gotten a plug-in like we were ready to get a plug-in hybrid we were going to get like a volt or something like that or an older volt before we realized that we didn't have a plug where we're currently living and the possibility of us getting a plug here was slim to none. And then now, you know, almost exactly a year after we got a car. But if it was a hybrid, why didn't you just buy it and then use the gas instead? Well, you know, you can't win all the arguments, okay? Like, (laughs) just because you have the facts in front of you, trust me, it doesn't always work out in your favor. But anyway, um, we would have probably gotten that and it just uh it sucks that it's only been a year so if if you're considering getting a new car anytime soon i would definitely say uh consider a used electric car it's pretty incredible how cheap they become and how efficient they are like think about your driving habits for a day i mean like um i i uber part-time uh just for a couple extra bucks here and there when i have time and i go you know for around maybe a hundred kilometers in a in a day I could do that with an electric car and make it even cheaper. And that's that's Ubering all day. When I go out and do my errands, I only drive maybe 100 to 120 kilometers maximum for the most part. And if I'm driving any more than that, I'm probably driving to a place where there is a charger, like a mall 
or maybe somewhere in Westboro here in Ottawa, which is a, a really big shopping uh, village and area. It's a high-end area of Ottawa. They've got charging stations there. There's charging stations all around Ottawa. There's Ikea. All Ikeas all around the world, for the most part, have charging stations. And I'm pretty sure they're even free. Uh, schools often have them as well. I know there's some at Algonquin. So there's charging stations everywhere. So this whole range anxiety thing that people have of like, oh, well, if I can't go, you know, if I can't just go to the gas station and fill up in two seconds and be able to go really far. But how often do you need to do that? If you're saving thousands of dollars a year, you can afford a $50 car rental fee every once in a while and you'll still save money. Damn. So, you know, that's about that. And uh, a little something. If you want us to tell us how great these cars are, donate to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash (laughs) geekfallout. Yeah, really. Um, So the other um, little thing that I have for people to consider is actually a gadget that I purchased a few months ago. It is my drone. I purchased a ZeroTech Dobby drone it is a 4k mini handheld drone it's literally about the same uh footstep or footprint i guess as a phone but it's uh, quite a bit thicker it's probably about uh, an inch thick maybe a little less than an inch or more than an inch anyway um it's 199 grams which means that he at least here in uh, ontario canada it is and actually uh, hawaii as well um, it falls under the regulations for drones, so I don't have to get a license to fly it. There, I don't have to ask permission to fly it in certain areas. As long as I'm not flying this in front of the parliament buildings or right next to a hospital or at the airport, I can fly it pretty much anywhere as long as I'm being respectful of people's privacy and, you know, blah, 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 whatever, right? So this drone, uh, you can actually get it now for around... I've seen it as cheap as 175 US, but the average seems to be around 250. So for $250, you get a 4K video selfie drone. You can literally have it take off and land in the palm of your hand, take selfies with your friends outside. It has a GPS, so it can do follow me modes. It can follow you around if you're doing outdoor sports. Uh, if you're on an ATV or something, I don't think it actually goes really, really fast. So you might want to slow down a little bit if you're on an ATV. But uh, it's definitely probably the best ever vacation slash um, hiking and day adventure drone that you could possibly get for that price. It's absolutely incredible. I took it out today uh, just for a little fun near Carleton University in Ottawa and did uh, some pictures and a quick pano, uh, 360 degree panoramic video, which I sent to Mike and and I think it was pretty good. It did stabilized 1080, uh, but uh, I thought, I I think it's pretty amazing. Mike, what did you think of the quality? It looked pretty darn good. I could imagine that you could uh, film a movie and get like some great, uh, if you want to do some great, Overhead city shots as uh, mm-hmm. interstitials between scenes, you could film it with that, and it would not uh, it would not stand out or be like, "Oh fuck, what the hell?" Yeah, like it looked, it looked great. Yeah, exactly. And that was only that was 1080 as well. So it was a very windy day today too. And uh, let me tell you, it was scary. So I did uh, 
a pull away. If you've ever watched a movie where, say, somebody's standing in in the frame of of the movie, and then you know slowly the the camera starts to pull back further and further, and it's going up and away further and further and further, and it turns out that they're standing on like a cliff or something like that. So this this drone can actually do that. It can do 10, 30, and 60 second pullaways depending on, I guess, how far your Wi-Fi range is and then before it just goes out of range. But I did a 10 and a 30 second pullaway. And let me tell you, it was freaking scary because of how far this thing was and how windy it was. This thing is so small. I feel like it would just get tossed around in the wind, but it actually works out pretty well. It's rated to go up in winds upwards of 28 kilometers an hour, which is pretty darn good for such a little tiny thing, although it will eat through your battery, obviously, the windier it is. But uh, yeah, that pull away was super scary, Mike, let me tell you. <laughs> so oh, no, I was ex- I was expecting it to find out that it's like the end of Cemetery Man and you're actually like inside a snow globe. <laughs> Well, I, I really was, uh, I've been thinking about um, starting up a new Instagram account, actually, um, and I haven't come up with a, a, a fun name, but uh, I was Ridge thinking... Ridge Pullaways? Well, no, I was just going to go to random different places around Ottawa, like wherever I happen to be, if I have the drone on me, um, you know, just throw it up in the air above the tree line, uh, you know, maybe twice as high as the trees or something like that. And just do panoramics and take some interesting shots because it's not very often that you get to see uh, your city, quote unquote, yours. And and for me, this is mine. But I mean, anybody can buy this and do this. Right. But it's very um, it's not very often that you get to see your city from these certain angles. Right. Uh, So it's pretty interesting what you can see. And also it can be very useful in the sense of like, hey, I need to check my ease troughs to see if they're clogged or check for a leak in my roof or the ball that I threw up on the roof or, <laughs> you know, you can use it for things like that as well. <laughs> See um, if you can just like nudge it. Ex- yeah, <laughs> exactly. Also, um, it would be pretty good for uh, real estate photos um, and, and things like that. And it's great, obviously, for groups. If you've got a large group of people, like say you're doing a barbecue and uh, you can just have this thing launch off of your hand and take a picture of you and your 20 friends. It does timer. Uh, it can do boat, uh, bursts mode as well. So it'll take a bunch of different pictures. So you can always pick the best one. It's uh, it's pretty damn good. And for that price, I have to say, I'm not disappointed yet. You only get about nine minutes flight time out of the battery because they're so small. And it's, it's meant to be small and light. But buy a couple extra batteries and you're good to go. They just charge with a regular USB-C. You can charge it with a uh, an extra battery, portable battery that you have laying around, and you're good to go. I mean, and if you if you strap a portable battery to it, then you can get like some extended shots. I don't feel like it would be strong enough to lift another battery, um, but I guess it's a it's possible. I have seen people put toys on it in YouTube videos before, namely a Santa. I've seen a toy Santa on top of it, a very small one, which was very interesting. Um, but I mean, for the for that two hundred and fifty dollar, two hundred dollar price mark, you really can't beat something like this. It's amazing to take on vacations. I took it with me when I went to Hawaii um, a couple weeks ago, and um, it was amazing. I didn't get to use it much while I was there because I was really freaked out, and I never got to test it while. Well, I had it here in Canada because I only had it for a week before we left and it was winter. But uh, I, I did try it a couple of times. And the next time I go on vacation, I'm just going to be using it everywhere. And I'm just going to I'm going to try and bring it around with me 
all around Ottawa and just get some really interesting, cool shots and see what else. Uh, maybe I'll be able to find some cool hidden things with it, right? Crop circles. Yeah, see, or <laughs> if there's any like caves that are above ground level. Yeah, exactly. So the the camera on it too, actually. Um, see it's, see it's if stationary. you can really piss off some eagle. That's like. Yeah, well, it's, it's, who thought who thought he had a great nest location? It's not the quietest thing in the world, that's for sure. But drones in general aren't. But the the camera on it isn't stationary, so you actually have to choose your angle uh, before it launches, and you can't change the camera angle again until it comes back down. But you can have it facing what? up um, at twenty two and a half degrees, uh, twenty two and a half degrees down. Uh, can't you control it with your phone? Eighty or sixty and ninety. What? Can't you control it with your phone or like see through the uh, see through the camera on your phone? Yeah, but you can't move the camera with your phone once it's flying. It's just a it's like a camera that's in there and you just move it like it's sitting on like two pegs and you just move it a couple notches up or down. Huh. Dude, it's super cheap. Do you know how much one of the like a drone with a gimbal is like five, six, seven hundred dollars? Is a gimbal like a fancy term for an actuator? Uh, if is it actuator a fancy term for a gimbal? It's a thing that turns. Yes. Yes. Wow. A gimbal is is it would it would help it turn, but would also keep it very smooth. So anyway, <laughs> um, just oh, something to, something to consider for uh, summer vacations with that time of year coming up. Um, just look up Dobby Drone on YouTube, and there's a bunch of uh, little videos there that'll show you how small and and cool this is, and some of the different videos people have put together. It's it's pretty freaking amazing. Well, that was pretty darn good. I think that just about wraps up uh, everything we've done, everything we can do today. But we would like to hear from you. Our email is geekfallout at gmail.com. Is that, is that right? Yes. Yes. You can also comment on our Facebook page. So when this uh, when this episode comes out, hit us in the comment section. Yeah. You know, let us know what you thought. And is there any interesting gizmos, technology, breakthrough, or good news you would like us to cover? Hit us up there, private message. Like, send us a DM on our Facebook page, comments on their post. Or, you know email what? Just, us. just send us cool gadgets that you think are interesting. You know, like, I'm actually always looking at those stupid videos on YouTube that are like, you know, the 10 best cool gadgets you can buy on Amazon now, the top 10 tech gadgets that are going to change, you know, your life in 2018. I love those videos. So if and you, you like those videos, those, if you want to send us those devices, just hit us up in the DMs. We will give you our address. <laughs> or if you just want to send us the videos or cool oh. links to a page of a, a gadget that you're thinking of buying, you know, like uh, I, I might be overestimating the, the charitable budget of our listeners. I love um, just checking out new gadgets and, and I, I, delve into them vigorously with research <laughs> so uh please hit us up and if you are the charitable kind you can visit patreon.com slash geek fallout to uh you know send us a dollar or so just to chip in and you can also get some perks like deciding the theme for an upcoming episode or transforming us into a weekly show but uh you know if you don't have the money to give us money, just 
share us. Tell people, hey, we've got this great tech show, but it's not a bunch of like boring, stuffy dudes. No, these are some funny dudes. They're Canadian, so you know they're funny. And, you know, just let, you know, share the joy that we give you. Share that with someone else. That's that's iTunes reviews. That, that, that would make my socialist heart skip with joy. Yeah, iTunes reviews. Or uh, that's a big thing. Stitcher definitely. doesn't do reviews. Stitcher doesn't do reviews, right? Or Google or Spotify. We're on Spotify, right? I think we're pretty much everywhere. All right, and if we're not, then demand that they pick us up and maybe I don't know, pay us. Whoever is delivering. You know, putting up podcasts and paying them, get us on that. But uh, yeah, iTunes reviews. Let I, let iTunes know that we exist and that we're good. And you know, let us know. We'd love to hear it. But uh, if if there's something we could do to earn a five star review that we're not doing, uh, why don't you hit us up here first? And uh, you know, then you can tell iTunes. Oh yeah, they're doing this great stuff. Right. So until next episode. <laughs> It is safe. To, oh, I'm Mike. Yes, you are. And it is safe to turn off your device. Am I supposed to stop?